You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. And hello there, I'm Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode number 39 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Today we're going to talk about group promos, and if they really work But you know, before we get there, it's been, uh, even though we're batch recording things, we always have things going on. It's been always <laughs> an interesting week. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Certainly, a lot of things. I mean, this here in Denmark, we've just been hit by a complete like late summer heat. It's uh, normally here by the end of August. It's well, it, it's not cold, but you know, it, it's the summer is sort of starting to come to an end. But now it's just like the last couple of days, it's been 30 degrees here and uh, Celsius, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I always do that. I had a pause of like 30. Gosh, is a yeah exactly i mean it, it's really warm and it's um it's incredible i don't know what happened but it's very warm all of a sudden that's funny because we've been in um I mean, adam and i my husband and i don't like heat and that's half the reason we travel is we get to go up to the north we like to be like uh for us it'd be 70 fahrenheit so you know it's pretty moderate it's like a jacket might be necessary in the morning and usually when we're down in Pennsylvania, and usually when we get here, it's blistering hot. But for end of August, it's actually perfect, like 70s, um, beautiful, beautiful. It feels like fall, which I can't say it's really felt like fall in August in Pennsylvania since I was a little girl. So I'm not complaining. No, yeah, that, that's nice. I mean, I, I actually don't mind. Uh, it being hot uh, outside but i must admit right now in you know sitting inside in my little office here and recording this podcast i'm like it feels like i'm sitting in a sauna or something <laughs> it's really really warm <laughs> and on the other on the other side of the atlantic i've got the windows open and i'm actually a little cool in capris so <laughs> yeah then that, that's the thing right because if if it, for me it's not it's late evening time now so my problem is that if i open the window all the insects comes in here uh, if it was daytime it would be no problem right but uh, during nighttime and you have the you know the lights turned on inside then all the insects lights to come and i don't want that so <laughs> yeah. so i have to sit in the sauna here and record Oh well, well I, we're gonna hope if you we, if you disappear, we know you possibly passed out. And, oh uh, shit! Don't, don't say oh, that. Say please, go refresh him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I was out the other day with my youngest son. He was playing in a, in a soccer tournament the other day, and it was just as hot as this. It was thirty degrees, and luckily none of the kids passed out. But it was it was really, really, really warm, and they were playing this uh, tournament, so they were playing like eight matches or something wow and it was yeah steaming from above and but it it was really cool it was uh just this kids tournament you know and um and uh, they didn't play very well uh, for the first couple of matches they they sort of draw a few and and lost a few and maybe won one so when once the group play was sort of done then i was thinking oh okay we'll probably go home then because that was it but then for some miraculous reason 
they actually went to the semifinal as the last team that just made it above the cut. So, oh. so and then okay, fine. Then there was one more match, so he played one more match, and and then they won the semifinal, and all of a sudden they had to play the final oh, after yeah. playing really shitty for <laughs> for all this all the first like five matches was really shitty, and then all of a sudden they were in the final, and uh, it was actually really really exciting uh, because you know this this tournament that they create created here was. Um, they it, it's in the local club, so so it's only the local club players who who are there. But they're there from all kinds of different age groups. So what they do in this tournament is that they mix and match the age groups. So do you have some of the young ones and some of the older ones? And they, so they they make like teams of five kids, but uh-huh. different ages in each team. So so they play together the young and the older ones, which is quite cool. And um, my kid was one of the youngest there altogether. <laughs> so they were playing this uh, final match, uh, the final against another team who had actually won every single match. So oh. I, I thought, okay, they're going to get, you know, beaten really bad now. But they didn't. They really fought for it. And uh, uh, the uh, the the end of the game came and there was still no winner. So they had to play golden goal, you know. So that means that the first one who scores will, will win the game. And, uh-huh. then, and then it went into that overtime and they were playing and... Um, and it was really, it was crazy. I mean, at one point, my my young son here, so again, he's the youngest one on the pitch. So he came <laughs> with the ball dribbling down uh, towards the opponent's goal. And there was this defender in front of him. He's like four years, four years older. Oh and I was like, I was thinking like, oh, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. You know, you're not going to get past that. But he didn't. And he actually dribbled past the guy. He was oh. four years older than him. And then all of a sudden, he was alone in front of the goalkeeper. And the goalkeeper was like three years older than him as well. And he he shot at the goal. And it actually went past the goalkeeper, but it hit the post. Oh! It's just like, whoa! And there was this like, uh, because it was the final, there was probably like 100 people watching. So there, there went this like, whoa, through the entire crowd. You know, this little boy passed, oh. passed through, uh, passed two kids who were just much three and four years older than him and uh but unfortunately they didn't win there so they kept playing for a bit and then a bit later on in the match um uh, my my youngest son there he got the ball again and he this time he then passed it but actually the guy he passed it to was the one who then because of that pass shot the winning goal and they actually won the final oh my gosh so, underdogs and the winners yeah it was so amazing and uh I, I was really proud of him he played so amazingly well and uh he was almost in in tears himself and um when they then uh handed over the trophies afterwards there, there was only there was only like one trophy for for the team so the team had to pick themselves and all the all the young older boys then said well you played so amazingly so we're going to give you the trophy and uh, that was really really awesome and then there was the they had to announce the best player of the tournament. So the in the in the loudspeakers there, they they called him up and and, and said that he had played so well. So they they made him the best uh, player of the tournament. And I must admit, I I teared up a bit. I was really yeah. so proud. It was amazing. I teared up a little bit. I I, I live my your kids are. I'm, this is my vicarious moment because I don't have any children other than a small dog. So that is just so. Yeah, it was so awesome, and it was so well deserved. And I think there was at least twenty people after afterwards who who came over just to tell him how awesome he played and stuff. I mean, people he doesn't normally talk to, people who is not normally on his own team. So it, it was just amazing and. 
many parents also came over and said, "Whoa, that was amazing!" And you know, and he was—he's just a young kid. You know, he's really small compared to the other guys on the pitch. So, and it just yeah, it was amazing. So that was my little story this week. <laughs> that is a fantastic story. I don't think I have anything else to top that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cool. I liked it. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So actually, um, I I'm po- I noticed something uh, that made me laugh a bit in our Facebook group. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, because uh, Dwayne added a a poll in the Facebook group and he asked for what a cliche or from a mine. And I I don't know if it was just for fun that he made that poll or if he needed it for something, but but I couldn't help laughing when Milo then added an option called something mere mortals were never meant to witness. (laughs) <laughs> that sort of made me smile, but then it made it even better when I saw that the, you know, of course the top spot are the one with the most vote, votes are gold, but just below them there is this something mere models were never meant to witness as a, as a cliche thing. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. I don't know why that would be a cliche to mine, but it's just so cool. That is great. I didn't notice that. I've got to get back into the Facebook group. I was been offline. Uh, a little bit too long, so I have to go check that one out. Yeah, it was it was quite funny, and um, and of course I should also say by the way that uh, any of you listening, if you want to join the Facebook group, you, you know just search for "Am Writing Fantasy" among the groups on Facebook and uh, just apply to get in, and we will approve you. Or yeah, I don't know, maybe our awesome moderator Luke will actually because often Luke he's much faster than both you and me are in approving people. But uh, but we'll let you in for sure. So uh, yeah, if that's something you would like to join, then just do that. Yeah, I've got to go in after um, we're done recording and maybe relieve Luke a little bit. We had a, a whole flurry of people joining today, which is awesome. But uh, we've been recording podcasts and I've been getting all these notifications of people who want to join. I'm thinking, oh, poor Luke, we've left him hanging there because we're recording. I should probably go help out after this. Yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's doing a good job, though. He's doing an awesome job. So yeah, shout out to Luke. Thank you, our awesome Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group moderator. So I thought it was funny because I saw a comment that Irish had left on our recent uh, YouTube video slash podcast where she could, on the one we were talking about whether or not you should take a break from your writing. And she said she could see both sides. And I totally agree. I was thinking about this because one thing we didn't mention in that episode is I think you, Jesper, when you go on your family vacation, you try not to write. So that's like a week or two off as well. So you do take writing breaks during the year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and as I, I think I also, uh, hopefully I made it clear in, in the last episode as well, um, you know, that I haven't written anything for probably a month now or something because I'm so busy in, in recording courses uh, for, for I Am Writing Fantasy. So, so yeah, I, I mean, absolutely, I do, do take breaks. And as you said, especially when I go on the case, but you know, you always catch me anyway, Autumn, because I try to make those uh, like I, I make these announcements before I go on vacation that I'm not going to work. I'm not going to do anything. I, I will check the email and just reply if Autumn sends me something, but otherwise I'm not going to do anything. 
And then, of course, I'm going to send you something. And then I always, you, you, you call me out on it and then you say, well, I thought you were supposed to be on vacation. <laughs> so, but I, I don't write anything, though, but I, I am really bad in not doing anything. You know, I always end up doing something. Your brain definitely does not turn off because I remember a certain vacation you came back and I think you had like three or four pages of world building um, kind of. <laughs> You're like, I've been thinking about this. I just had to do it. So it's true though. Sometimes when you take a break, even when you like, I'm not going to be writing, that's when everything, <laughs> the minute, like I always joke, the minute I step into the shower and there's no possibility of writing paper or the minute I start cooking a really involved dinner those are when the idea finally goes click and yeah. turn on and you're like, oh, shoot. Yeah, but th that's exactly it, right? I mean, as soon as you wind down from your day-to-day -day being busy and running about and whatever else we're doing on, on a day-to-day -day basis, so one, once you start relaxing, then all those creative things pops up in your mind and then, yeah, I, I accidentally end up writing it down and sending emails to you, Autumn, and <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> And I respond, and we get work done, even when we're both supposed to be taking a break. But that's yeah. okay. That's why it is a good point that Iris made, though. You know that it it is important, especially. And I think she was also pointing out about the the you know the burnout situation, and and there especially, it is really important to sort of give yourself a break. So I fully agree with that. I've certainly um, enjoyed mine, but I've got to get back to it. Right. And on to today's topic. The group promos. Oh. <laughs> Could you hear the sigh? I don't even know where to start with this because I have no, almost no experience with it. I mean, the, the funny thing, I, I guess, is that in the future, we're going to release fiction together. But at least up until this point, we've done so separately. So it means that you have some experience with group promos where I have very little. So, so I, I'll have to give you the, the reins on this one, Autumn. That's fair enough. But yes, I think... I've probably joined with mailing lists. Uh, they call them newsletter swaps, even though you're not actually swapping your mailing list with another author. You're just promoting another author in your newsletter. And I think I've been doing that since maybe my first year as an author. They started up pretty quick. And there's been, I've seen the rise and fall of so many different platforms where you can organize them, share them. I've seen everything from, and I've actually hosted some group promos on Am Writing Fat, or not Am Writing Fantasy, but on Autumn Writing, my personal website. And Jesper, I know you joined that one and you could probably mention what you thought of it. But that was back in the days when you had to build it yourself. Now Book Funnel and Story Origin and some of the other ones, Insta Freebie, they allow you to basically, they create a website for you and you just send people there instead of your own website. So there's a lot of ways of using them and the requirements are often that you have to send that out to your newsletter. And so that's sort of why you don't do that. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I mean, um, my problem, I, I have done it at some point, some years back, but my problem with it is that I treat, and okay, let, let me back up a bit because otherwise this is going to sound like I'm saying that everybody else is not treating their subscribers with respect. Uh, and that's really not what I'm, uh, what I'm, I'm trying to say. So I don't, I don't want to put my foot in the middle of a hornet's nest here. But, <laughs> but what I'm, what I'm getting at is that I find it really important to always treat subscribers with respect. Maybe I should put it like that because, and, and by that, I'm not saying that 
running, you know, newsletter swaps are not treating them with respect. But what I mean, on the other hand, is that I feel personally, and miles may vary here, so make up your own mind as w- what what you the listener think, and and maybe you see this differently as well, Autumn. So I'm I'm looking forward to hear your your sort of thoughts on it. But at least in my own personal view. I think that if I'm going to push or you know push a book or, or recommend a book or whatever you want to call it to my email list I should have read it because otherwise I don't I don't want to do like okay uh, can you put my book in your email list and then I'll put your book in my email list if I've never read it because I, I feel at least to me it doesn't feel fair to my subscribers and that's why I stopped doing it uh, a long while ago because I just felt like I have no idea if this book is good or not and uh, yeah, I don't know. That that's just my sort of philosophy. I can understand that because I think uh, when it comes to doing individual swaps with authors, which is more what you're talking about, it is so hard to tell the quality. I mean, it helps to look at the cover and see if it looks professional. Maybe read the first couple of sample paragraphs, pages that are on Amazon to double check. Because I definitely learned that one very early on. Is that you know, don't just accept something out of the blue without looking at it first, because yeah, you don't want to send something that you're kind of cringing um, and you're hoping your readers will never read it or they'll not think you're crazy for recommending it. Mm. Then it comes to the group promos, which are a little different because then you're just telling your reader, Hey, here's a whole suite of books that are either they're usually on sale or they're freebies or right. You know, you have to sign up to get the freebie so you know they know they're subscribing to a whole bunch of other authors which again do you want your readers to be overwhelmed by signing up for another 50 books but at the same time there are also great opportunities for spreading the word i know with uh, my first book my debut novel Borgman of water you know that's been perma free now for a few years and i i'm actually still toying with the idea is at some point does that perma free status end does it need to end mm. uh, about that because I think that'll be a question maybe for a, another podcast coming up is you know should perma free be permanent but we'll come back to that later but I know when it was my only book or you know the first book I only had one trilogy and I felt like I was pushing that out to way too many promos and I wasn't seeing much gain because it was like every promo I could join I was putting that in and I thought okay you know you have to start limiting who where you're putting it and i think that's my advice even today it doesn't hurt to try a sales promo I've d- i'm doing both now sales promos and group promos where you're doing a free book that people are signing up for and sometimes i do a free book promo where literally the book is free just go get the sucker it's fine it's, i'm giving it away <laughs> on purpose yeah <laughs> And I think uh, by doing those, you do get to run into other authors. Everyone joins in to send it to their newsletter and you usually get a pretty slick graphic. And so you're just sending them saying, Hey, you know, it's not like necessarily this is the book you should go look at, but go see if there's anything here that suits your fancy. But again, it's easy this summer. I have never seen so many group promos and I don't know if it's because people are just getting their act together. They're realizing that these for authors we're, they're usually free to join. There's a few that have maybe, you know, chip in to get an Amazon gift card, you know, something that'll make more people come and look at that page. So there are a few that cost, but in general, these things are free. Uh, what you're doing is actually supporting other authors. So that's awesome because seriously, I, that's one thing I love about authors is we're, 
we're so good. We're not competitive. We don't look at each other as competitors. We look at each other as, hey, I can only feed a reader, you know, one or two books a year. That leaves, what, 364 days or, you know, mm. even 300 some other days that they need to read books and I can send them yours. That's not a problem. I want to make sure that they stay a reader and don't give up on books because I can't find anything to read. So these group promos, you know, they give readers a chance to go look at them, check them out. But again, I know this summer I have seen uh, so many. I usually use Book Funnel and Story Origin. I used to use Insta Freebie, but I've been off that for a little while now. And it's just, I literally, I this morning I got a notice of four new promos. I think every day, it's a weird day that goes by when I don't get a notice that I have at least one new group promo that is open to be joined. That's a lot of promos. And I know when I first saw it, I was like, ah, oh, this is great. And I happen to have like four first in series books. I have four series out now. So, hey, I got lots of books I can, you know, go push out. I got two new releases that I can put in new release promos. And you get really excited until you go and sit down to do, do your newsletter and you realize that, you know, you signed up for like six promos and you're supposed to be telling your readers about six different promos. You need to start, <laughs> you need to calm down and definitely take a look at, you know, what are you getting out of this? Start, you know, tracking the links, seeing if people are using them. I know when I do a book funnel one, I don't just send them a generic one. I use a specific link, create a special link for each promo so I can go back in and see how many people downloaded the book. I can get those that feedback so I know if it was really worth my while. Uh, book funnel is really cool because it also tells you how many people looked at the page versus downloaded. So if you're seeing a huge discrepancy there, you can be like, ah, I got to work on something because people are looking at it. The cover is obviously good enough for people to go look at it, but for some reason mm. they get to the page and something on there is not, you know, they're not clicking through. So there's some great nuances, things you can kind of tweet tease out by doing these promos, but only if you take the time to do the stats and one of the important things is you have to join the right promo. Uh, there's a lot of multi-genre, like new release promos. So that could be a multi-genre one. There's some 99 cent books, which is again, a multi-genre one. You know, am I going to do be- do well there? Or should I just stick to the ones that are epic fantasy or dark fantasy or the ones that are specific, like uh, magic worlds? Uh, there's one that was recently heroines. That was great. And then there was another one I went to join that, they made it sound like female magic users. And when the promo came out, the graphics, it was all about witches. I was like, okay, no, I'm pulling my book on that one. I'm not writing witchcraft. I love witchcraft. I would love to write a book on it, but these are not it. This is about elemental magic on a fantasy world. That's not going to fit anything else. And it's probably a waste of my time. And maybe my readers will like it, but I have no proof of that. So I'm probably going to waste their time by sending it to them. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, of course, I'm glad that you pointed out the difference between the newsletter swap and the group promo. Uh, I was also the one you ran, I can't remember, a long while back, uh, actually. Maybe it was, it like, was in the beginning of the year or something. Yeah, it was probably, I think, at least. It wasn't this year, so it might have been 2018. Oh, probably then, yeah. Uh, but I was part of that, and, and uh, I think I got like, I don't know, three, four hundred subscribers or something from that one uh, onto the email list, which is which was pretty good. Um, so, I mean, there is, of course, 
Well, okay. Let, again, let me back up a bit here because there's so many nuances in this conversation. Because <laughs> one, one thing is saying, okay, a group promo, you get 400 subs from it, and that's wonderful. Yeah, okay, that that's good. But you could also look at it from the angle of saying, but okay, so these 400 subscribers just loaded their Kindle with 50 different books, and they're not going to read any of them anyway. So what's the point, right? And then. On, and then, of course, I could then switch it back the other way around and then start arguing, well, okay, but then if you have them on your email list, it's then up to you as the author to to write even better emails than the other ones so that they get invested and intrigued in, in you as an author, right? And, of course, that's that's within your power to to try to do something there. But, but there is some sort of argument hidden somewhere in here around the quality of the subscribers, you know, uh, I, I've heard many, many times for uh, like free booksy and stuff like that, you know, that you can get a ton of subscribers, but they are worthless. So, and since we are paying for subscribers on the email list, at some point, we also have to start asking ourselves, you know, what kind of readers do we want on that list, right? Exactly, yes. And, and so, it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a bit complicated. <laughs> That's why I mean, because I was going. You took the words out of my mouth. You get subscribers. It is up to you to make them believe that your book is worth reading. And of course, you only get like maybe one or two emails to get them excited, and maybe yeah. off of them else. You know, you it's in your power, but you're not going to get every single one of them sticking with you. And of course, hopefully, that's why there's the unsubscribe button. And hopefully, if you're doing list cleaning. Um, that might be when you start cleaning out some people who never seem to be opening your emails or responding to you. And there are, I think, the group promos where people have to go down individually and pick a book that they think looks interesting are far better than the group promos where they are basically signing up to win a prize. Like there's a few out there where everyone who goes in right. is going to get a free ebook to the winner or a free paperback. Or, or gonna- even worse, uh, the ones where they give away like um, a Amazon gift card or something. I think that's some of the worst thing that you can ever offer because or, the, those people yeah. are there because they want the gift card, not the books. Yes, exactly. And often a gift card, you're not even sure they're going to use it for books. I mean, at least if they're giving away a Kindle or something, you have an idea that they like books. But again, they can turn around and sell it. So yeah, I, I don't think it's good to do Exactly. So those are those are the ones. And I mean, I joined those when I was first started. And you get originally, I think the most I've ever gotten from one of those was almost 5000 subscribers. That was early. Wow. On. Okay. It was very early on. So it was one shot, you suddenly get 5000 subscribers. You know, but again, as soon as you get that, you're probably sending out an email and those 5000 people are getting emails from what 2530 different authors. Yeah. So Later group promos have gotten more organized where they're like, okay, um, I've seen one where it's like, if your last name starts between A and D, you can send on this day just so that readers don't get overwhelmed. But again, that's if what those readers' inboxes are going to look like for that entire week. It's going to be from all these authors and all these introductions. And I know I'd be like, delete, 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 delete. Yeah, or, or people just use like a fake, uh, or not a fake, but you, you know, they just use a Hotmail account that they just created for this stuff. And then as soon as they get the books onto the Kindle, you know, they never log into that Hotmail account. They never read the emails. They just grab the book and then that's it, right? So what's the, again, what's the value there then? And exactly. And plus, I know those group promos, just like everything, I think this is even true with book sales, just 
everything it's or even advertising it's harder to get those numbers i mean my first promo that i ever did i think i got 10,000 downloads now i don't even get 10,000 do- downloads if i do a bu- book funnel it's right. just there are so many more books. So now, you know, you're talking about a couple hundred, maybe a thousand subscribers are fantastic. But honestly, that one month long promo that I organized, I was thrilled with the outcome because, you know, most people were seeing between two to 500 subscribers. That is fantastic in a month. Some of the ones I joined now, you know, I think I just had a group promo where I think I had 322 downloads. And I'm like, hey, that was... That's that's even pretty good, actually. It is. I was actually really surprised. So there are still some ones, but again, it's coming, it's drilling down and telling yourself one, you can't join every single one there is because then you are going to get your book out there to maybe too many people. And again, if they're choosing it, that's great. But again, you're sending it to your readers too, and you should do your part. And so you don't want to drive your readers crazy with like four or five, six promos in every single email. It's kind of, you know, it's really taking advantage of them. Are you doing a newsletter where you're just sending out emails about other books? Or are you doing a newsletter that's about your writing? And you've got to make that choice and find that balance. But, yeah, I agree, yeah. agree. And and I would say, you know, if it's sort of like a group promo, for example, like the one you hosted uh, last year where there was a ton of uh, free books and then, you know, uh, each each person within that promo could then email their own list and say, okay, here's a link from where you can download a ton of books and each of the authors in there gave a book away for free. And I think something like that is fine because you're doing a service to your reader by, you know, here's a lot of fantasy books that you can get for free. So most readers will like that. But that said, you have to be really mindful because if you do that all the time, if I was on my favorite uh, author's email list and he was he or she was emailing me, uh, let's say every second week with new, another 50 books that I could down, I would go insane pretty quickly. It's like, what the, I mean, I cannot read all these books anyway. And, and I mean, once in a while doing it like once every six months or something like that to me, and again, this is personal preference, so f- f- take that with a grain of salt. But in my personal preference, that would be okay. Uh, the the newsletter swaps I hate, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do know that uh, this might be a bit of a different sort of topic, and it, but it's been something that I've really been turning over and over in my mind because... I've been thinking at it uh, for like, I think it was two podcast episodes back. I was mentioning how I was thinking about creating like a free course for for authors uh, to give away to, to our new let- newsletter subscribers on, on M Writing Fantasy. And one of the th- things or sessions or whatever you want to call it for, for that free course has been around, I want to talk something about this perma-free stuff, which is linked into the newsletter or sorry, linked into uh, promotions and, um, and and this topic that we're talking about here today because obviously the value in group promos is because you're giving away a free book but I still haven't really made up my mind and that's what I want I want to make up my mind so that I can give sort of a, here's my here's my why as to why I'm thinking the way I am because right now I'm not sure because on one hand I mean I have my own and you also have your own uh, your book one for free perma free and I do see every day, probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 downloads on Amazon without me doing anything, it's just because it's free. And that's certainly 10 downloads that wouldn't have been there otherwise. And then, of course, if, if some people 
like the book, then they will go and buy book number two and book number three and so forth. So there's a logic there at play. But, and this is then the flip side, and this is where I haven't really made up my mind which camp I'm in, and I need to figure that out. But (laughs) I also understand the argument of saying, Yes, but since readers are able to just download so many free books as, as it is possible today, there's a ton of free books out there. Basically, they, 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 there was, I don't know who coined this term, but somebody, somebody called it Kindle stuffing, you know, that you're just filling your Kindle up with a ton of books just because there's also this collector's item uh, sort of need that kicks in like, oh, it's awesome. Like I have 2000 books or whatever, you know, and, and they're not going to read any of it anyway. And and they're not if they're downloading this many books and signing up for this many promos, they're not going to read the emails either. So so what I when I was saying earlier on that it's then your job as an author to make sure that you write emails that that hook them, but if they don't read any of them it doesn't really matter and, and it, it you know you're just playing into a game of yeah, let's fill everybody's people, you know, every everyone's Kindles up with free books. And and, and then I don't know what the point is anymore because the goal is gone in this uh, terminology here or, or this point of view. But but as, as again, as I said, I, I don't know which camp I sort of believe in. If I believe that it, it is a good viable option to do the perma-free because years back, it was a very viable strategy and it worked really well. But nowadays with so many free books and so many people downloading them, uh, I, I'm not sure if we've sort of moved past the point in the market where the free book is not that good anymore to have. But yeah, I, I really don't know. And, and I, I need to do more thinking because I cannot make up my mind. So I know that's not very helpful. but That's my thinking. <laughs> but I, I don't disagree. And I do think that um, I know even like you said, we both have perma freeze, but my two, my newest series, the one I'm, I got two in the works that uh that i'm gonna finish one first and then finish the other one but i have put out two novellas and i did not make them free and people i'm sorry readers who are listening to this i have no plans of making them free right now if you happen to hunt around you may find them in a free promo somewhere but it'll be exclusive it's usually only for a couple weeks it's only by my choice otherwise they're on amazon and they are 99 cents and I'm not planning on making them perma-free. I'm planning on doing that and maybe every once in a while opening them up briefly on my website or through these group promos. And that'll be the only way to get them for free. And it is, uh, it's a different technique and more people are using that where, you know, your book is for sale online, uh, for sale on Amazon, but occasionally you can get it as something exclusive and it adds that little extra shine that hopefully people will read it. And I also think that novellas are becoming more of the the way of giving away a free book. You and I both have full-length epic fantasy novels. I know mine is 105,000 words. Mm-hmm. And I do have people downloading it every day without even me advertising it. Uh, they do go on and read the complete six-book series, which is fantastic. Yeah. And I love that. But, so I, I don't know, maybe Born of Water will stay free because I don't have a novella at the beginning, but... You know, if I ever came up with one, I may switch it over and create a novella and put that at the beginning and offer that as free. I'm not sure. And that's the tough thing. Readers, if you're listening to this, writers are not trying to milk you for money. We're trying to make a living. I'm a full-time author and graphic artist. This is literally how I put food on my plate. 
So I don't think there's anything wrong with making a living where you can afford to eat and be creative and get paid to be a creative individual. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I hope everyone yeah. gets to that point. But it is important, and it's not always, it's not easy every day, because trust me, but book sales fluctuate. <laughs> yeah, they but, do, yeah. Yeah, it, it does. But you start getting smart when this is a business, and you have to start asking questions Um Happily, I'm a prolific writer enough, I, except for my two-week recent break, where i got to get myself back in gear and get this book done. Uh, you know, I'm usually prolific enough where I can release a couple books a year. I'm hoping to do an entire series, plus what we're writing next year. 2020 is going to be big. And that is fantastic, and it's a good way of doing it. And because I have 16 books out, I can play with different techniques. And that's amazing. That's so much yeah, fun. Of course. <laughs> the books you have out the easier it becomes obviously it um, does you can try different tactics with different books and not sweat it because when you only have one series to play with it's a big change to decide to put something in kindle unlimited to do you know make something free versus not free those are big changes and they have a very big impact when it's your only series yeah, indeed. And if if I can just share one more of uh, my uh, look at from this side and then look at from that side <laughs> arguments here, because <laughs> you triggered something else in me in what what you just said. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, when you were talking about um, that we authors make a living from selling books, and then you know that we shouldn't feel. I, I guess you didn't say this, but I guess it's it's sort of embedded in there somewhere. We shouldn't feel ashamed about charging for our work, and. Yeah. I'm sort of of the opinion here. So, so he, okay, so here comes the A side and afterwards I'll give you the B side. But, but the A side is saying, I mean, Kindle books or, or eBooks, it doesn't matter if it's Kindle or, or on Kobo or wherever you're selling books, but a book for five, six, seven, eight, I'll even say nine ninety nine, it's damn cheap. I mean, come on, you're, you're getting like a hundred thousand word novel that is probably taking sometimes years, but at, at least quite a while. And uh, if it's a very experienced writer, then it, it'll be faster, obviously, but then you're also getting quality, but you're getting a quality novel for, let's say, just go with a high price here and say 10 bucks. No. 10 bucks is not a lot for a book. And I feel like we have sort of... <sighs> put ourselves in a situation a bit as authors of where now there is an expectation that you can get it for, you know, almost nothing. Yeah. And, and that's sort of the, 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 the B side of this whole argument is, is, but what, what are, what are we, what is our goal here? I mean, what are we trying to do? Because if, if on one hand you're saying, okay, A side here, I'm charging $9.99. B side is saying, I'm going to go perma-free. Obviously, the B side's argument here is that, well, if I'm going after an, a reader who has never heard of me before, and I'm going to say to him, okay, hey, read my book, and you just have to give me $10. And then I'm saying, and by the way, that's not expensive at all. Mm -hmm. And then the reader, if I put the reader's glasses on and he looks at the B-side and the B-side, well, well, you don't know me, so you've never read any of my work. So I think it's fair that I'm going to give you this book for free and then you can make up your mind yourself. And if you like it, you can read more. And then, of course, you have to pay for it. But at least there is no barrier of entrance here that you need to pass it. You know, it's the barrier is so low that, that you can just give it a try. It's like a free sample thing, which is 
which is sort of what they do in the supermarket as well when they want you to buy some new chips or something, right? They give you a few few to taste and then they want you to buy. But so A and B side here, I mean, they don't, but they both have valid points in my view. And again, this is where I, I cannot make up my mind because if we have really taught the readers of in today's day and age that you should just expect authors to write books for free, I mean, then we just shot ourselves in the foot and, and what is the point then, right? But on the other hand, since everybody else in the market, or not everybody else now, I'm exaggerating now, but, right? But but since there is a lot of people in the market who are giving their books away for free and the barrier of entrance is so low, as I said before, how are you going to compete that, against that if you're saying, but I'm going to char- charge $9.99, right? I mean, if you have a huge email list and you and the people love what you're doing, then, well, that's not a problem. You can just sell it for $9.99 and people will buy it. But I'm coming at this from the angle of, what is the advice for a new author? Should, should you should you make your book perma free and then say and then I'm going to run some group promos and whatnot to to get my name out there, or are you just Kindle stuffing? <laughs> you know, are you just playing into the, to the Kindle stuffing game and actually it's not going to make any difference for your author career at all? And I don't know. So again, I need to make up my mind so I can make a course module on this stuff because I really I don't know right now. Well, I think that that's going to be a question. That's hey, that's one we can ask our listeners as well. Is oh yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I would love yeah. some perspectives on this. Yeah, let us know if you think you know free books are Kindle stuffing, or if you think that's a really valid way, especially as a new author, if it's something that we should be looking at and doing, so that you know you get to be known as you're you know learning and growing as an author, and you know once you get your email list to like something reasonable in 5,000, you can start charging like at least 99 cents for your new novella. And, you know, let us know what you think, because it's a great way to look at what's coming up. And we're going to be talking about very soon character art. So look for our next podcast. And until then, we love the comments. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday. <laughs>